no one is, 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 is more locked in. From Thursday to Monday, no one is more locked into the NFL than First and Pod. Hosted by Danny Parkins and Andrew Filipponi. All right. Welcome in to First and Pod. Thanks to everyone who's watching live on the Scores YouTube page. Uh, tell a friend. We do this twice a week, every game, every team, every week. He's Andrew Filipponi, Afternoons in Pittsburgh. I'm Danny Parkins, Afternoons on the Score in Chicago, coming to you uh, after a Thanksgiving week and a Sunday night game between the Ravens and the Chargers. Pony, you have a good Thanksgiving? I did. It was a little weird because of my father-in-law's back surgery. So we didn't really have full-blown Thanksgiving until Friday, but we had a mini Thanksgiving on Thursday, so I ended up with two Thanksgivings. Like a divorced kid that gets two Christmases, I got to eat turkey and mashed potatoes twice, so it wasn't bad. That's not bad. That's not bad. And he's recovering nicely, and his cause was helped out today by the way the Steelers performed, which put his big smile on his face. Which we will uh, which we will get to uh, in a minute. The... The Chargers are a marvel. Like, yeah, the way that they hoodwink people like you into thinking they're good every single year. Okay, fine. You you bet them to win the Super Bowl last year, also. So let's not let's not pretend like you. Yeah, but I warned you all of last year that you were going to fall for it again. Don't do it, and you did. Okay, fine. Guilty as charged. The only team with fewer wins than them in the AFC is the Patriots. They have the same number of wins as the Titans and the Giants. Like, they are so much better than that. And that was a competitive football game against a team that I think is really good. I'm not sitting here saying that they're a great team or that they're a contender. They clearly aren't. But I still don't believe that they're in some sort of, like, need to tear it down. They're that far away from being good. Like, Give them a new coach, give them a reset, give them a little bit of injury luck. And I, I I still think that there's reason to be optimistic for like the 17 Chargers fans that actually exist. I think Brandon Staley should be fired tonight. I don't think they have anything to lose by firing him. They're four and seven. They pretty much have to win out and then keep their fingers crossed that they get help. They need a spark or they need a change to attempt to salvage this season which they probably won't, but look at what's happened with Buffalo's offense. Look at what the Steelers got today. Look at how the Raiders have played with Antonio Pierce. So I would do that immediately. I don't think uh, Kellen Moore has done a great job as offensive coordinator, but I'd like to see him audition for the head coaching job over the next few weeks, see how that looks. Uh, And a couple other things, their stars continue to let them down with – uh, mistakes, turnovers, Eckler fumble. Allen was great, but he had a fumble. Herbert was really good at times, but had a fumble. That just keeps happening to these guys. And what what also was stuck in my head watching the game was if they had drafted Zay yep. Flowers instead of Johnston, how much yep. better they'd look. They'd have two uh, pass catchers who get open constantly in Allen and Flowers And that would really spell trouble for defenses who matched up against them. So maybe their GM should be on the hot seat too, Telesco, who's been there forever. And if they fire and if they hire Belichick, that guy will probably lose his job. But I've talked to people there, Danny, who don't think they'll hire Belichick because the Spanos family has been so cheap on things 
You go back to Marty Schottenheimer's, the last quote, big name coach they've had. Since then, it's been North Turner, Mike McCoy, Anthony Lynn, Brandon Staley. And there's real fear among the 17 Chargers fans that you mentioned that they're going to go with another nondescript guy when they fire Brandon Staley. Listen, I'm so mad at Bill Belichick. I don't think you want him. Guy can't beat Tommy DeVito coming out of a bye. It's despicable. It's absolutely <laughs> disgusting. Uh, I loved Zay Flowers taking that rushing touchdown in at the end of the game. Like the the Quentin Johnston, uh, Zay Flowers angle was something I was thinking about as well. Spencer points out they could have also had Jordan Addison, but obviously the but Johnston and uh, Flowers were just back-to-back picks, one pick apart, and they clearly made the wrong choice. So I know the I know it's like oh you know act like you've been there before just go down the game the game's over f that man he's a rookie he wants to put up his numbers he needs to get paid and it's a statement that they drafted the wrong guy I thought Flowers had an amazing game I was happy for him uh, to have his coming out party and um, the Ravens they're unbelievable they just every year. They come out with a great defense, and then they also, Lamar, they had the Sunday Night Football classic stat, although it was weird hearing Jason Garrett say it instead of Chris Collinsworth, where they had all of the like snap-to-throw next-gen stat times. Third fastest snap-to-release game ever for, for Lamar. He is adapting, and as we predicted earlier in the year, getting better in the new system as the year goes on with the quick game stuff. They're very, very dangerous. Still feels like they're a weapon away from being explosive offensively, uh, especially with the Mark Andrews injury. But they're in a wide open AFC. I believe they absolutely could come out of it. In the year of the defense, they are the number one defense and they flashed all those numbers that even compare in some ways uh, uh, measure up favorably to the 2000 Ravens, which is crazy. Uh, to say out loud, especially in this day and age in the NFL, which which is supposed to be skewed offense. They've led after three quarters in every game. Uh, the 2007 Patriots didn't even do that, uh, but they found a way to lose three, including one to my Steelers. Um, I thought of Justin Tucker that missed field goal on fourth and one. If they lose the game, you come back and you think about that. Why didn't they go for it? They, they could have kicked a field goal at depth. Death. That was a really dumb field goal, though. It was. You just think Tucker's automatic. He missed it. But, but, but going up six. Yeah, I, mean, I didn't like it. Yeah. I didn't like it either. Um. So, yeah, I mean, they're still in contention here for the number one overall seed. And they've got a defense right now that is setting all kinds of records. All right, let's get to the games. Uh, Bills and Eagles arguably the game of the year. We could do a full 45-minute post-game pod on that game alone. What was your top takeaway? That Hurts didn't look healthy to me. Probably looked from an injury end of things as bad as I uh, have seen him this year. And I thought, as I was watching that game, uh, trying to get my uh, thoughts together for the podcast, I'm like, if they lose... And if it looks this way, I'm going to come on the air and say that I don't know if Jalen Hurts is going to be healthy enough for the Eagles to make it back to the Super Bowl. But the dude grinded it out. He made monster plays. The touchdown he threw to Zacchaeus on third and long reminded me of the Alabama touchdown from Saturday against Auburn where you know I just thought, what are the odds that this play is actually going to happen? And he fit it into the perfect spot there. 
So, uh, and Jason Kelsey's block on his overtime touchdown run, just that dude is an ageless wonder who's going to end up in Canton one day. Uh, they trailed at halftime in four straight games, and they have found ways to win those games. Double digits to the Chiefs and Bills. And because of who they played against, you know, there might be some teams that if they were doing this against the m- mediocre teams or dregs of the NFL, I'd want to dock Philly. But because they've been able to come back and beat the Chiefs and Bills and haven't looked great in the process, I don't want to ding them for it. I actually want to give them more credit. So they earned a lot of my respect. You know, I've looked at Philly as maybe a team that's not as good as their record all year. Now I'm starting to come around to the fact that they just find a way to win games and they're doing it against great teams or talented teams. Yeah, talented teams. I don't think the Bills are a great team. Um, I don't think Philly is as good as their record. I, I mean, again, we saw them get torched through the air. And I still think their pass defense is vulnerable. I think Detroit would put up huge numbers against them. It might it might be a loss. It might be a loss. Uh, but I think that they would score a ton of points against them. That game would be a shootout. And I would bet San Francisco against them comfortably. Well, uh, I think well San- you're going to get a chance to do that in seven days because that's that's next week. And by the way, the line's already out. The game's in Philly and San Francisco's favored by two points. Yeah, that is a hammer spot for me on on San Francisco. Um, Josh Allen in that game, how many people in the world could have played that football game today? I thought he was incredible. Like, I feel like Lamar could have done that. Um, Maybe Hurts could have done it on a more vintage Jalen Hurts passing game. But the level of playmaking and improvisation and leading the team in rushing and throwing for 340 yards and the conversions and the off-scheduled throws and the power, I just, I thought he played such an incredible game, overcoming drops, yeah, uh, but he had the turnover that got Philadelphia back into it. It was a terrible interception. I, I I know, but he's asked to do everything for them, man. And he basically did. I don't know. I, he To me, he, he played a game today where, where he lost. And it was kind of like the 13-second game against Kansas City where he scored and then there was nothing else that he could have done. And he, he gets the loss. And in the QB wins or like or, or wins a quarterback stat level of analysis that sometimes happens, oh, this is a loss for Josh Allen in a big game on a big stage. And he played more than good enough to win. I thought he was incredibly impressive today. And it might not matter because they're on the outside looking in for the AFC playoffs. But that Josh Allen is a guy that nobody wants to see in the playoffs. Well, yeah, I, I, I agree with that last point. I mean, if they were the seven seed, they would be in a, a dangerous, probably the most dangerous seven seed since they went to this format with the teams that we've seen that have backdoored their way in. Um, but they didn't have any margin for error. And so I have a hard time giving Josh Allen plaudits because he got them into this spot. You know, if they had, if their record was seven and three and they lost, 
then I think you could come away from this game thinking you didn't win, but you gave Philadelphia everything they could handle at home. That's a championship type. Effort. Oh, he's deserved. He's deserved some of the criticism he's gotten this year. I'm just saying today in this game, in that spot, he was incredible. But what I'm saying is that the Bills, by by getting themselves into this spot, they don't have room for moral victories or for patting guys on the back for individual efforts anymore. That time has come and gone. You know, if this game were in September, I think I would have been in the mood to do exactly what you did or what you said. But they they left themselves the impossible dilemma of pretty much having to come close to winning out against a ridiculously hard schedule. So, like, I think I watch this game and I, I will give them more of a chance in some of these tough matchups in the last few weeks. But I, I, I feel, again, like they, their season ended on the turf in Philadelphia tonight. And it, they have it, no one it to might, blame it might have. I guess, I guess you, sure. You're, you're talking about a team thing. I think I'm talking about an individual thing where, like, when we rank the top quarterbacks in the world and, like, whose best is best, Josh Allen's best is pretty damn incredible. Uh, next up, we've got the Jags and Texans here. Do the Jags have a shot at the top seed in the AFC? I, we have to say the answer to that question is yes. Like, No, we don't. Well, we can say whatever the hell we please on this podcast. We're under no okay. obligation to kowtow to teams. It's not about, kowtow- it's not about kowtowing. Like, I look at them, and I think that Baltimore is better. And I think that Kansas City is better. And I think that they are clearly a tier two AFC team that if they played Miami 10 times, they'd maybe maybe win four or five of them. Like they're a coin flip to be the third, fourth, or fifth best team in the AFC. But they have won seven of their last eight games. Their next two are Cincinnati and Cleveland. One, one home, one road. Then they get Baltimore, but it's at home. Then in Tampa, home against Carolina, in Tennessee. They absolutely could go 5-1 and one or 6-0 and oh down the stretch, which could, puts them in the 13-14 to 14 win conversation. So I don't know how you could make the argument that they can't get the top seed in the AFC given how it sits today and what their schedule is remaining. Well, the argument against it is they got to finish ahead of Kansas City unless it's some kind of three-way tie where some other tiebreaker besides head-to-head factors in. And so if you you got to compare both team schedules and find a way where Jacksonville wins one more game than the Chiefs between now and the end of the year. End of the year. And I do think that's hard to do. Um, I don't trust them. I thought what they did today, I didn't I didn't predict Jacksonville to win. The guy missed a 58-yard field goal, a backup kicker. Uh, but Lawrence did make some really big plays. The end of the first half thing I thought was going to come back to bite them when they got stopped at the goal line with no time left and didn't come away with any points. But I also don't think it's out of the question that they go three and three in their last six games. Um, I like their chances now. I think they're basically a mortal lock to win the AFC South. But I still think they've got a mountain to climb with Miami, Kansas City, and Baltimore. My bet would be they they're, there's a better chance they have the worst record among the four division winners than the number one overall seed. Would you have – now, so he hits the crossbar on the 58-yarder. Would you have kicked it or gone for fourth and 12 with Stroud? No, I, I kick it there. With the way kickers make 
it indoors with the yeah. way those guys make kicks down three. I it was just was a right it was call. just a clear career long uh for the guy. Josh and Allen, huge sack, which created that whole thing. That was a big play by that guy who's having a very low key season. The second Josh Allen, 12 and a half sacks for them. Stroud took two sacks on the last drive. Yep. The yep. first one MVP bet. The, the second one he didn't. It, our I mean, MVP it was, bet took a hit there. I don't know, man. He had a great he had a great statistical game. Now Hurts doing what he did and Mahomes doing what he's doing hurts us, but I I I still think that bet is live to be honest. Okay. Giants and Patriots, you've worded this question this way. How did you, meaning Danny Parkins, let your survivor chances come down to Mac Jones on the road? Dude, so for like I'm disheveled. I Ah. Uh, so me and a bunch of dudes from like grade school and high school, like my old friends, had six entries in the Circus Survivor. Six thousand bucks, nine point three million, winner take all. Obviously, if you multiple people survive, you you can split it up. There were two winners who split the pot last year. We had one entry a lot out of one hundred and forty nine left, and. You have to pick. It's a 20-week contest. Thanksgiving's its own week. Christmas is its own week. We have Philly in the chamber saved for Christmas because they got the Giants at home. So we've got a fairly valuable entry because we've got a premium team for the next toughest week. We had Dallas saved. So we dodged the Detroit bullet on Thanksgiving, which killed, you know, basically 60% of the remaining entrance brought us down to the final 150. And dude, I'm not kidding. From the second half of the Cowboys game through Saturday at like 2 p.m. when we made our decision, there were 1,500 plus texts in our group chat on Thanksgiving and Black Friday debating this pick. We eliminated the Titans because we're like, we knew they were going to be super popular and they were, they were the most, they were the most popular pick. And we just thought that that was a flimsy majority pick. We did not think the Patriots would be nearly as popular as they were. And they were the second most popular pick, which was disgusting when it came out, but we figured Bill Belichick off a bye against Tommy DeVito. We figured that was the spot and the sharps agreed with us. And it got bet up. It was the biggest. It was the biggest favorite on the board today at kick, other than the Chiefs game, like that, that was available. It was the it was the biggest favorite of the non-Chiefs game, four and a half points, and three turnovers, two in field goal range. If they would have started Bailey Zappi, they win that game. But the most disgusting part about it is we ended up having to do like power rankings of our votes ahead of time, and I made an impassioned case. For your Pittsburgh Steelers, Bengals run defense, the Mm -hmm. Matt Canada's fired bump, Browning against the Steelers defense, no future value in Survivor. And I got no support. No support. I couldn't get another person to rank them in their top four. And I ranked them number one. And so my top choice advanced. And the choice that we ended up going with. So were you mother effing your friends all afternoon? I, yeah. And I was getting praise. 
Yeah, hollow praise, though, at this point. Very David. hollow I'm praise. you for your entry. Very hollow praise. But, dude, we'd be in the final, like, 120 right now with a pretty premium entry. Oh. I mean, like, obviously, we're still a long shot. But, oh, dude, how do I let Mac Jones and Bailey Zappi get me? And, by the way, Bill Belichick's dead to me. For, as, all, as far as I'm concerned, he's not a Hall of Famer at this point. Uh, I don't know how good I don't know how good Mac Jones was going to be. Probably not great, but they have absolutely ruined him with the coordinator crap last year. But he was good his rookie year, objectively, inarguably good his first season. Uh, as as rook as far as rookie seasons go, you you grade that like a B plus A minus rookie year, and then to let McDaniel's walk and to have the Patricia Judge experiment. Bill O'Brien hasn't worked. The guy's broken. He's gotten yanked out of so many games. He's brought a lot of it on himself. But you've heard guys like Dan Orlovsky say, if Mac Jones were the Bear, were the Browns quarterback right now, they'd be an absolute lock to make the playoffs. They'd win double-digit games going away. There might be some truth to that. The guy's never developed the quarterback other than Brady, and I think Brady would have been good probably anywhere if given the opportunity. So just brutal. Yeah, I mean they probably they're they're actually doing cartwheels and backflips though in, in New England. They're ecstatic that they lost the game, and they even think that the that there was a code red and the kicker was told to miss that kick on purpose. Danny, <laughs> I'm just, I, I'm not going to get over that one for a long time. Like just so you know, like that, like a long time. Um, Pittsburgh and Cincinnati. This stat blew my mind. Okay, How do we do this show and you haven't told me that the Steelers hadn't had more than 400 yards of offense in a game in 58 games? And it was 45 under Canada. I've mentioned that several times, but I think a lot of the times when I just start ranting about the Steelers, you start to tune me out. That's possible. Because you Dude, know that I'm just going to go on. 58 games. Uh, yeah, that's why I've made it a cottage industry to tear down this human being and basically character assassinate him for the better part of three years. Now do you get why I did that? I was nervous today though. I wouldn't have backed you on that pick because I didn't think we were going to see the Steelers have a new offense. I mean, they, they completely in seven days uh, went back to the drawing board and reinvented the wheel here. Uh, to mix metaphors. I mean, that's what they did. They started the game with play action. They threw over the middle. They don't do either of those two things. They haven't done either of those things for two plus years. They got their tight end involved. Fryermuth, who came off a hamstring injury, had over 100 receiving yards, was their most targeted guy. Najee Harris went for over seven yards, almost seven yards a carry. Pickett looked poised. He looked really good. He looked like the guy that I was uh, borderline orgasmic for in the preseason. He was back to being that quarterback. He threw for almost 300 yards today. The only reason why his passer rating wasn't higher was because Deontay Johnson's touchdown in the end zone got overturned. He was excellent. So there's reason here. This was not a fluky win. You might look at the the final score if you didn't watch the game and think 16-10, same old Steelers. They won with defense and they played an ugly game. No. No, they moved. They were in Bengals territory pretty much the entire game with long drives on the ground and in the air, uh, a lot to build off of here. And now their schedule is so easy the rest of the way. The second easiest in the conference, 
they're going to really have to trip and fall on their dinghy here to not make the playoffs, Danny. It's going to take a collapse of epic proportions to not get there. But aren't you now in a tough spot because you were out on Kenny Pickett? Well, yeah, but I, I might. Yeah, that, I told you I didn't think he was a bust yet. So yeah, I was but out. He's not a bust, but you're out. But now Canada's I was out, out. But I, when I when I shut, he was out. The coordinator change hadn't happened, and they had never fired a coach in season ever since World War II. So I didn't really have that on the table. It's a realistic possibility to get their quarterback out of the rut and funk. He was in. All right. All right. I'll allow it. Next up. Uh, Chiefs and, and Raiders. Did the Chiefs wake up today? So they hadn't had a second half touchdown in a month. Mm-hmm. And then they have this offensive explosion. And listen, I mean, it was a game where Rice played well. Long touchdown. And Travis, but but also 10 targets. Like, Pacheco. I didn't see Ra- that stat. Wow, that is a lot for him. You know, like, it was, it was not a game where it felt like they needed Travis Kelsey, which is what the majority of Chiefs games have felt like. He's going to blow away everybody in targets. He is the focal point of the defense and the offense. And if it works, it's great. If it doesn't, they're in big trouble. This actually felt, I mean, Pacheco got 15 carries. They had a real commitment on the ground. He gets in the end zone twice. He also was uh, targeted a ton with the patented Andy Reid screen game. Like, it it, it felt much more balanced. Uh, it, it felt like a typical Chiefs-Raiders game to me. Uh, the Raiders have a history here in the last few years of uh, at least in one game per year, given the Chiefs a test, they got up 14 to nothing. And then Kansas City responded. And they did a lot of the things that you just described. Like, my gripe with the Chiefs for so much of the year has been, yeah, their defense has been phenomenal, way better than any of us expected. But they don't look like the invincible Chiefs where their offense is a cheat code or as a video game offense. Well, it did in the second half of this game. And so that's what would give me, if I'm a Chiefs fan, uh, some assurance that they're going to take what they did in this game and it's going to uh, translate to future games. Like, you're right. They In the second half of this game, for the first time in a long time, they looked like a vintage Chiefs offense where there were there was trickery, there was creativity, there were other guys getting involved, it worked. So something to build off of for them for sure. Half-baked idea. Maybe this isn't the best time to to do this as we're trying to keep this thing moving. Jason Kelsey is talking about how he, you know, maybe doesn't have much time left playing in the NFL. They've got this burgeoning media empire, the Kelsey brothers do. Travis Kelsey is traveling internationally and dating the most famous woman in the world. Any chance the Kelsey brothers retire together in the offseason so they can go into Canton together. First brothers ever to be inducted in the same year in the Hall of Fame. Oh, I think that that's entirely possible. Yeah. That both both Kelsey's retire. I bet that I bet they've talked about it with each other. It'd be cool. Did, you, did somebody tell you that and you're or did you literally just come up with that? No, I mean I thought about it. I was thinking about it today. That's one of your better ones, bro. 
Thanks, I like that one a lot. I mean, uh, that just, I, I, I could just, I think, I think that'd be a cool thing. That'd be kind of fun. All right. All right. Uh, Panthers and Titans. The owner of the Panthers, David Tepper, is reportedly furious. Now, when you say reportedly furious, are you talking about this viral tweet of him just screaming, Yes. F U C K after? Yes. The game ended? Le- leaving the locker room after the game, shaking his head and yelling the F word. Okay. That and is my report. Write, yes. And then you wrote, what could he have expected? Everybody seemed to know that this was going to be really, really ugly. And it has been really, really ugly. Now, I was wrong. Yeah, you that. said they were going to be an average team this year with a chance to win the division. And you weren't that far off. I think they're... I think their uh, win total in Vegas was seven and a half. They and they won, se- to be, they won seven last year. They were expected to be an average team this season. Well, they're going to fire their coach. And they don't have a first round pick. And it's going to be the number one pick in the draft. So what's he? what move does he have on the chessboard? Like, it's not going to be a good job for whatever coach comes and gets the job because it it will look like, okay, it's got a quarterback attached to it that has huge question marks. It's got an owner who reportedly meddles and there's no job security or patience for an established head coach with an all-star coaching staff. So I don't really see a way out of this box for them. Now, we said the same thing about Denver last year, and we'll get to them in a little bit, that they were in the worst situation you could possibly be in in the NFL, and then it looks like Sean Payton has turned that thing around, so maybe you just hire the the right coach and that's your first step towards it. But I feel like Frank Reich is going to get fired, and I feel like it's going to come across as desperation, and they probably are in trouble for years to come. I wouldn't do it. I'd run it back with all the offensive minds that they have there. I would give it another shot. I think what's happened here, the reason why, and look, I've, we, I've, I've seen some of their games. You watched, we all watched that awful Thursday night game between the Panthers and Bears. And that was, it was amplified and made to look worse because of the trade that happened that going up for him and giving up the yeah. wide receiver too and all that business. If Stroud isn't a stud, I think that the the global response to what's happened in Carolina could have been, this is just the natural growing pains of a number one overall pick. Now, I know they weren't the worst team in the league the season before, so it wasn't, as you pointed out several times, it wasn't as if he was walking in to one of the worst situations in the entire NFL. But I do think... I do think it would be wise of them to look at not what's happening in Houston, but other number one overall pick quarterbacks and how their teams performed and how they did in their first year. And just, I, what I'm saying is I think it could actually make the situation worse. Yes. If you try to hire a new coach and force a new system on young and everything else this off season. I, I don't think Reich, I don't think Frank's a great coach. I don't think he's as bad as their record is this year, though. And I would just try to run it back next year and hope for better results with better players. Listen, I, I think that you're right. I think that continuity might be the play 
given that there is no salvation there in terms of like a draft pick or an obvious superstar head coach to take the gig, but he doesn't seem like the type of guy who will do it. All right, next game. I just alluded to it. Denver and Cleveland. The Broncos have won five straight. Packers, Chiefs, Bills, Vikings, Browns. Should Sean Payton be the coach of the year? Okay, so gun to your head right now. I didn't look at the odds before we came on. I didn't cheat. They're they're not posted, at least at one site right now. Okay, who do you think should be the favorite to win? the? Co- you asked, does he have a shot? Who would you install as the favorite to win coach of the year at this very moment, this second? Mike McDaniel. I think okay. Mike McDaniel... D'Amico Ryans, Sean Payton, Kevin O'Connell, and Kevin O'Connell are the four guys that I could realistically see winning that award. And How about I think Nick Sirianni? I mean, I mean, like, like if they finish fifteen and two or something, I, I, I guess you got to say that he's got a shot at it. Um. But I'm going based on how that award normally is, which is is like overachieving. So if like they they're in the Super Bowl last year, it yeah. almost like it no, I hear you. invalidates you right. from from winning the award. And I gotta say, man, like of those of those coaches, uh, Sean Payton is arguably the most surprising, even though he's by far the most accomplished. We thought they were dead. Completely dead. And like Houston, we didn't see it coming, obviously, but superstar quarterback makes a lot of people look good. Miami was very trendy. And O'Connell is surprising given the Cousins injury and the Jefferson injury, no doubt. But what Sean Payton, this is a shocking turnaround that is not getting a ton of attention nationally for some reason. But this is not, you know, they they haven't beaten bad teams. No, it's a pretty I, impressive winning streak when you just rattle off those names. They haven't they haven't feasted the, the 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 conference and the division they're in. Even though the Chargers and Raiders aren't that good, but they haven't played them during this winning streak. No, it doesn't every really every team they've beaten as of now either is in the playoffs or thinks they still have a shot at the playoffs, like Buffalo yeah. and Green Bay. So it, I, this I is, think. This is this is becoming real, man. I think the reason why that might be with Peyton is uh, because I still think there's the expectation that they'll miss the playoffs. That with the schedule they have and the way that they uh, dug themselves a hole in the AFC, that they won't eventually get there. Uh, regardless, it's getting close to being an A plus coaching job, and I don't just mean from the depths of where they were in season because that counts. I mean, what they did in September or didn't do giving up 70 points, losing at home to the jets. That's on Sean Payton's uh, record this year too. He doesn't get a pass from those things, but I didn't think Russell Wilson was going to rebound like this. I didn't think that he was going to find a way to get Russell to play super efficient football. He's on the move again. He's making plays with his legs to throw the ball downfield. 
if they don't, hey, if they don't blow that game to Washington in week two, they'd be in position to make the, they'd be a playoff team yeah. right now. So they got bad luck in that game. So I agree with you in that it's kind of under the radar, which is strange because Peyton is such a media darling. They're so, so high profile. Love him. Yeah. He was so media friendly what he did at Fox and everything else last year. So in that way, I think you are right. But uh, for, yeah, I, I, I thought in September that they were going to end up being one of the three or four worst. I thought they'd be where the Patriots are right now. One of the worst teams in the NFL with a coach who looks like the game has passed him by. All right, we're falling into old habits. Let's speed up here down the stretch. Okay, Saints and Falcons, 800 plus yards of offense. How the hell did that game go under? I watched that game. Turnovers is what happened. The teams would drive it in. They'd get to the red zone and there'd be a fumble or an interception. There's your answer. Okay, that 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 is correct. That 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 is the answer, right? Saints lost the fumble, and then there were three total interceptions: one by uh, two, two by Ritter, and, and one by Carr. But just if you're a Saints fan, you won time of possession. You had 444 yards of offense. You had 22 first downs. You only committed six penalties. You only had one punt. And you scored 15 points. Didn't score a touchdown. Those are all field goals, too. That is a like that is a sickening loss. <laughs> if you're well, yeah, a you're not in first place anymore now. Atlanta passed you up too. Yeah. And they had ludicrous propelling down from the roof of the uh stadium to boot to rub it in your face. And Olave got hurt. Yeah. That that is just a that is a sickening, sickening loss if you're a Saints fan. That being uh, said, I still think they come back to win the division. I tend to also. Uh, because Ritter is clearly not the answer. But hey, by the way, giving the ball to Bijan Robinson a lot. Good strategy. Not a bad idea. What's the line for Saints Cowboys wildcard weekend? Let's predict it right now on November 27th and see how close we are when it happens in January. Dallas by six and a half. That was the first number that popped into my head, but then I thought it was too high and I thought maybe it would be more like five or five and a half. But yeah, it'll be more than a field goal for sure. Okay. Um, Tampa Bay and Indy. Would you call Indy good? <sighs> There's so much mediocrity. They're over 500. Mm-hmm. They drive down the field late and like execute. I feel like when Minshew isn't turning the ball over, they're good. I feel like they're good. They're not great. They're not a threat. They're not scary. But if they play clean football, they're pretty damn competitive and multi. How about their coach for coach of the year, Stike, in there to have them six and five after Richardson got hurt? That's not a bad coaching job, Danny. It's not a bad coaching job, but the the other ones are better. I mean, yeah. it's just I I just sure put it put put them in the conversation. Same record as Houston, and they beat them head to head. That's true. That's true. Expected to be better, but yeah, that's true. Um, I just I that was an impressive finish to the game uh, by them and another team that we considered in Survivor and didn't take that won. 
Their schedule is going to get them, I think, to nine wins. Uh, I think I think the best thing that happened to the Colts today, in addition to winning the game, two things. Uh, Browns, more quarterback problems with DTR getting hurt and Walker having to go in. And um, the Chargers losing. I mean, because the Chargers look like they're out of it. You've got the tiebreaker on Houston. All of a sudden, it doesn't, it's it's not, it's not a, uh, it's not a crazy thought to to think that they'll make the playoffs at nine and eight. Speaking of nine and eight, yep. The Rams are five and six. They blew out the Cardinals today. They've won two straight. Four and two gets them to the aforementioned nine and eight. They've got Cleveland at home, at Baltimore, home against Washington, home against New Orleans, and then they end with two road games. But one is at the Giants. And then the last one is at San Francisco, who very easily could be locked in to the one or two seed by that point. Does four and two get the Rams into the playoffs? Do they go four and two or better down the stretch? So I've been on this for a couple of weeks now that I think they've got a shot. I told you before the season, I love them to go over six and a half that people had buried them and left them for dead because of how ugly last season was. They should be a lock to get at least seven and 10. I would be stunned. They would need Stafford to get hurt again. They'd have to play Wentz maybe for that not to come home. Uh, I think their issue is, I think their issue is that what looked like a meaningless game, where they started Brett Rippon and lost at Green Bay, I think that might end up being the difference between them making and missing the playoffs. A game that was like, oh, Green Bay sucks. The Rams are down to their backup quarterback. This game has, there's no meaning to it. It's going to have no bearing on things. I think in the end, it probably will now. I think that's why they won't make the playoffs, Danny, because they'll lose the tiebreaker to Green Bay. That's certainly possible. The the Thursday game before Christmas, Thursday, December 21st, Rams at home against the Saints. That could have big NFC wildcard implications. Um. Last one before – oh, no, that's it. Uh, all right, we four Thanksgiving games that we didn't get to react to. Biggest takeaway from the Thanksgiving games, including Black Friday? Uh, I thought it was the Lions losing. I think, I think that game uh, – not only Detroit losing, I still think they'll win the division. I still think they'll hold off Minnesota. But yeah, I've they- lowered my expectations for them. I no longer look at them at the moment as a Super Bowl contender. They shouldn't have beaten Chicago. Uh, They got what was, you know, they got their comeuppance against Green Bay. We'll see how they rally from this and how they respond. But really, two bunny home games, easy home games against division teams, and they nearly blew both of them. So I have to severely, seriously discount them now as a threat. And then I think, like I just mentioned with Green Bay, the way Jordan Love has played the last month, they look like a team now that can get to nine wins and be that seventh seed and feel like their quarterback deserves a look in 2024. That was mine. That was the word going into the year that the Packers are patient and that they were committed to it being a two-year test for Jordan Love. And that offense is so young, and they did it without Aaron Jones. I mean, that was a really good win for them. He's man. stacking good games, man. 
Like I, I hate, I hate to admit it, and I'm still hopeful that he'll be just good enough for them to fall in love with average. Uh, even though I want them to have like worse than average for a long time, but he is settling in and stacking good games. That was my top takeaway that that he he will be the Packers quarterback uh, for 2024. And then I don't know if you watched all of Jets Dolphins. The, the Black Friday game, I admittedly was in and out. Um, it did feel a little bit like we got a glimpse of the future, though, of broadcasts. Like, I don't know how much you read about it, and I know we've seen some of it on the Thursday night games with the pop-up QR codes for, you know, buy this guy's jersey from Fanatics or whatever. Mm-hmm. But a lot more pop-up QR codes and targeted ads like my commercials were not the same as your commercials if we're both prime members that they were curating the ad experience based on if you were a prime member or not based on your search history based on your preferences based oh, on based black on my search history oh god <laughs> based on like your amazon search history like oh okay like like, like products that you have purchased well, even then even in that situation not the yeah. best yeah, it's just like I was like, oh my god, man! The the it it felt like I mean, live sports are we know this they're the they're the last truly valuable thing because people don't DVR and they don't fast forward and they actually consume the commercials. But you you're getting you're watching sports in the place where we all shop, and on the biggest shopping day of the year for the biggest website that we shop at for the year they just get 15 to 20 million people to hang out on their service for three and a half hours as a captive audience and they just start pummeling us with oh yeah i do need that i do need wrapping paper i do need golf balls i do need that you know what i mean like that that's why they spent a hundred million dollars for that and i think in five years we will be like obviously this is not going away. Uh I just think in five years we will be talking about how the NFL owns another day of the week or another event like the NBA with Christmas. And it will be the NFL Black Friday and shopping. And it's just it's gonna become a huge thing in like the advertising marketing curated uh viewer experience space. Well, the NBA doesn't even have a monopoly on Christmas anymore because the NFL's got three games. Yes, on Christmas again this year, and I know what I'll be watching. So, yes, for sure. Yeah, I'm I just mean, saying we associated they, that holiday with the NBA for a long time. They, they get their hooks in you. Uh, I, I, I just, I guess, if I'm going to look at it more broadly, I, I, I just think in the next probably ten to fifteen years, there's going to be. Well, I think there's going to be more than a Thursday night game on a platform like Amazon. There might be a whole package of games on a Sunday, you know, where instead of doing it the old way of like AFC and NFC and two network split conferences on Sundays, I think they're going to get another network, another one of these platforms or networks involved. So. Yeah, I mean, it's certainly possible. I just, I think that, I mean, obviously that's where all the money is, but I, they just have... I was reading a little bit about it. I'm like, oh, okay, of course. Of course. They just they just want people on their shopping site for four hours 
on the biggest shopping day of the year. That makes sense. It's probably a better game business. next year. All Man, right, but Danny. that was supposed to be an awesome game. Yeah, because of Aaron Rodgers. You're it was right. supposed to be an awesome game. Like they, 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 they got they. So I, I think that it was supposed to be an awesome game, and next year it'll also suppose. You know what I mean? And maybe a guy will get hurt or not, but that that's just bad luck. Um. All right. Thanks to everyone who watched on YouTube. Do us a favor this holiday season. We don't ask for much. Tell a friend. Give us a subscription. Share a link. Help spread the good gospel that is first in pod. Thanks to Spencer Ray, our producer. Uh, Pony, I will talk to you after Cowboys and Seahawks. Yes, enjoy Bears and Vikings tomorrow, Danny. Yeah, I will try. Peace.